Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where tonight will be part two with our follow-on interview with Most Worshipful Brother Ed Woods, Grand Master of Washington State. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Welcome back to the Working Tools Podcast. I'm very worshipful David Colbeth from King Solomon Lodge, number 60 in Auburn. We're joined by worshipful Steve Chung of Prince Charles Lodge in Kelowna, British Columbia, number 153. Uh, the other two hosts aren't able to be with us this evening. they got other prior commitments with family and things. But most importantly, we're joined again by most worshipful brother Edward Woods, the Grand Master of the uh, Grand Lodge of Washington, uh, part two as a follow-on to his year as Grand Master. And so... If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, please go back and listen to the first show, and uh, you can hear kind of how the year went and uh, things like that. Now we really get to grill him on lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> but, Steve, you mentioned in the previous segment you had some questions that you want to get started, or do you want me to get yeah. started? Well, you know, so on on the third episode of his uh, incoming interviews, um, <clears throat> we had asked him about the, the message that he wanted to get out, and he had a lot of... Uh, lofty ideas he wanted to to pursue and trying to get the lodges on track uh, financially doing uh, making uh, smarter financial decisions with respect to buildings and real estate and and uh, so on and so you know I was kind of curious as to you know uh, you had a long list of things you wanted to do and and you know what what are some of the things that uh, you were able to advance and, and move forward in your year so the focus I think that I took the big focus I took was the six supports. Um, and, and this is a, this was developed about seven years ago uh, in the Grand Lodge of Washington. And it was six areas that, that if you really strive to do well in those areas, the, the idea was that your uh, fraternity would, would grow from that. Um, and I think to, to the extent possible, we've been able to take some of that stuff and, and employ it right in, in many of the things that I've asked various people to do. Um, and, and it's always been kind of the back of my mind um, when making decisions on things is, is, is the decision that we're making in line with one of those six supports. Um, you know, the work that we had the uh, education committee do um, in, in reworking the mm-hmm. uh approaching the portals documents that we had, um, making sure that those, that there was a lot of what I felt was, you know, personal opinion in those. And, and I wanted it to be more of a peer document in that it, it gave the information to the candidate so that when he read this information and, and took it in, he could then apply it in a way that was appropriate for him. Um, and for me, it was very important for, for brothers to be able to do that. Um, you know, the work that Roger has done with the uh, Washington Broadcasters Association um, has, I think, brought a lot of interested men, you know, to our fraternity. And, and, and I think that's important. I mean, I think it's important for us to tell our story and for people to learn and understand 
who we are as Masons, uh, the work that we do with the, you know, the Shrine Hospitals and uh, certainly Washington Masonic Services. These are things that people see on the outside and they see Masons actively involved in that. And I think that's what brings them and gives them that interest to Masonry. And so it's, if, if you look at those six pillars, and I don't have them in front of me, um, that I think they speak very loud and clear those things we need to work on as Masons in order to be successful. Uh, in much the same way that I approached Masonry, at least uh, as Junior Grand Warden, which was, you know, guarding the West Gate. That, that was something I, I, and I still continue to stand on that. I think that's the, the most important thing that we can do is make sure that the right men come into the fraternity. But along with that, we have to do good investigations. We have to maybe consider doing background checks. We have to do good ritual work, you know, make sure that the work that's done in the lodge um, meets the expectation of that young man when, when they come to our fraternity that, you know, they see how wonderful Freemasonry is and, and how we make it look through our websites and, 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 and in talking to these men, uh, for them to show up to a lodge and have a poor degree, you know, which makes them then wonder, it's like, okay, what, what was I thinking? You know, I thought this was going to be, you know, something that was, you know, pretty, pretty special. And, and it just, I think that those are all the wrong things. So to that point, uh, that was the focus. And I think we were very successful in, in getting that message out there. I've seen a number of lodges change their bylaws and increase their dues, increase their um, life membership structure, and, and do the things that I think were important to have a successful lodge. And, and, that, and, and all of this is kind of the embodiment of know thyself. Uh, you have to know yourself. You have to know what's currently going on and to make the proper decisions moving forward that are going to be hopefully bringing uh, success to the organization. Um, you, you have to look at things like what is the due structure? What is the quality of our degree work? Uh, if a lodge can't even get a number of people in, let alone raise the funds to pay the bills, is it feasible to, to maintain a lodge building? Um, that starts to look poor over the years. And then the community looks at that. It just, everything touches on everything else. And, and I, I tried to, it's funny during my team meeting, I had actually taken a couple of slides and tried to diagram it out. Right. I mean, it's, you know, you see, you see a Mason in action in the community. You go ask somebody about Masonry, you, you know, you go to the lodge and become a Mason, get a degree. And it's, it's, there's so many things that, and they come back and touch on this and that. And it, and it's like, nobody can do all of those things, you know, uh, I think at the same time, but what we need to do is spend our time focusing on a couple of those things that touch on each other. Um, and if we don't hit everything, if we just hit some of the things and we have a good three-year plan or a five-year plan to do that, I think we can have some great success. And, and I think we've, we've started on that track, you know, speaking, of, speaking of three and five year plans and uh, in, I noticed that in our grand lodge, though every grand master has their, um, their own goals and things they want to achieve, they seem to have this congruent plan to carry certain things forward, uh, on, on their agendas together, um, 
do does the Grand Lodge of Washington do that as well? Yeah, I, I think especially over the last four years that I've been involved, <clears throat> we've had a lot of great continuity um, from Grandmaster to Grandmaster. Cameron, Cameron, for example, last year, um, you know, his his thing was, you know, make make going the lodge a quality experience. And and that is something that that has to take place each and every time you go to lodge. And, and I think we have it within ourselves to do that. The Speakers Bureau that I had uh, our, our education team work on this year as well was something that, that for me was very important in, in supporting that as well, because it gave hopefully a good list, a strong list of people that could come and do some presentations in your lodge to have that quality, you know, lodge experience. Um, might ask, can you explain a little bit more about your Speakers Bureau? Because uh, we don't have, uh, anything like that sounds like that um so i'd like to know a little bit about that it, it it's a really fancy name for a a really nice looking list and it's a pdf document we've created it i think this thing started as like an excel sheet and it was just a list of brothers who did certain educational programs right and and it really just stopped at that and we kind of took it to the next level by putting it into a pdf Let's get a good picture of this brother so people know what he looks like. Let's list out those things that that he talks about and then put his contact information on how to get a hold of him so that you can invite him out to your to your lodge to do a program. And and then we put it into a PDF document that is now on Grandview where you can if you if you have a need for a program, you can access this document, open it up, go through it. And, and maybe call a brother or two and see if they're willing to come out and, and do a program for you. And, I, and it's, it's something I hope to see grow. This is something that, that Clint had actually started working on, I, I think, probably even before he became Grand Secretary. He was part of putting this together. And then we just kept beating the drum that we needed to have this done. We needed mm-hmm. to have something that was, you know, tangible. And I think we finally got that. Um, and so... Yeah, that, that was just one of the things that, that we put together to to help with that Masonic education piece of the six supports. Um, I think that's amazing. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to, you know, if you don't mind, try and scoop it and sure. duplicate it because uh, I, I appreciate good quality education and, and uh, that's a great way to see more visiting, more interaction. So that's awesome. Great idea. You know, the other, the other things on there, you know, leadership and management, um, you know, getting back to buildings being sold and, uh, you know, we had a lodge that was lost in Molden, Washington. Um, every, the, the whole town burned to the ground, you know, and, and they lost everything. Um, insurance was a big part of that one. You know, it was just, it was hard for them to replace anything that they had because they didn't have the proper insurance, you know? So again, right. Worshipful brother Clint, something that he had started years ago with the secretary's training and, and, and uh, treasurer's training and in Temple Corporation training. On request, he would go around to any district and offer up this training, and, and we would do it on a Saturday, and frequently he would drag me along, and I would go, I would teach the, the Temple Board piece of it, you know, while he taught the other two pieces of it, and so we just kind of tag-teamed through it. And this year, we've got Chris Haynes and we've got Bill Hubbard on board, Introducing some additional pieces, insurance uh, being one. And then the other one uh, was, uh, trying to remember what it is now. Uh, there's the insurance piece. There's the financial kind of thing. 
and the real estate and then the real estate piece. And, and again, these things came out of not only things that, that happened badly for us. Um, we tried to learn from those lessons and employ that with some of the, uh, leadership and management training that we offer the brothers in our fraternity, uh, to hopefully overcome some of those issues. Um, you know, and then, and then the last piece of that, which ties back to the dues is this year, I think is the first year we've had an automated dues, um, uh, processing piece uh, where in Grandview, all the lodge secretaries really have to do is make sure that the, the list of members of the lodges is accurate, up to date, make sure the due structure for each of those members is entered correctly into the system. And then at, at a certain point, Clint can just kind of hit a button from the Grand Lodge office and it sends out dues notices to all the members that they have good information on. Um, again, a lesson we learned from from doing some, uh, this was probably a couple years ago during Charles Wood's year, we did some surveys to find out, okay, why, why are we losing brothers? Why are, why are brothers being dropped NPD? And one of the big things that we learned out of that was that there was a lot of brothers who weren't getting dues notices. Um, and so it, that's, that's, that's kind of really hard to, to sit with. You know, knowing that it was kind of our own fault that we're losing some of these guys that, that just didn't even know that they owed dues or what the dues were. So you guys actually have incorporated a system whereby the lodges maintain the information and Grand Lodge sends out the notices, but they're paying their dues to their lodge, not to Grand Lodge, right? Right. But you guys send out the notice on behalf of the lodge. Yeah. That's way really cool. It's, it's another tool. I mean, lodges certainly can send out their own dues notices still um, and, and communicate in the ways we hope, you know, calling others and, and saying, hey, and, and hopefully we're calling them more than just that one time a year, right? We're not just calling them to say, hey, where's your money at? Um, you know, nobody wants to get that call. But I mean, hopefully we'll call them a couple times and say, hey, you know, we'd love to see you back in lodge. And, you know, how's everything going? Um, you know, before we get to that point to where we're just simply calling them for, uh to pay your dues, but we have to let them know through a dues notice, at least that the, that the, you know, that it comes due. Um, it's, it's just like anything else we deal with in life. I mean, you get an electric bill, you get a gas bill, you get, you know, we get these reminders that let us know that we owe this money so that we can continue with that, that service. It's the same way with the fraternity. Um, you know, one of my hopes is that moving forward, we can take, and, and what we've talked about is, hopefully one day accepting dues payments through Grandview uh, that'll go into a bank account that's held by Grand Lodge. But when that money is received, an ACH transaction will go out to the various lodges to get, get their dues. Um, and again, another tool is how I would like to envision that. It's, it's not saying that the lodges have to do it that way, but it's just another tool to help them collect those dues and especially for the brothers that don't go to lodge all the time or, or not there as frequently. Uh, but to have that opportunity and my, my ultra dream is that we can set up a payment thing throughout the year. If, you know, if, cause some of our lodges arguably have set their dues at two, $300 a year and to be able to pay that in quarterly payment or something, I think would be kind of an awesome thing to do. So it's, we, we have the ability to, to do those things. I just think we need to make better use of the technology that's available and do those things, much like we do with Zoom today. 
Uh, I think Zoom has allowed us to involve brothers in things and allow brothers to participate in things that they might not otherwise be able to do, especially when you're traveling three and four hours, you know, to get to a meeting uh, or to participate in, in a task when you can get on a Zoom call and, and have just as good a meeting as you would in person. So I don't want to see it as like the ultimate replacement for everything, but, but I think it's a, it's a tool. Yeah. And, and it's a great segue into the idea that technology was one of the six supports. And when we put those together seven years ago, the idea wasn't to try to go and hit every single one of them every year. The idea was to focus on one or maybe two at the most, put two or three or four things that you want to do under that umbrella. But as you're talking about those things, you know, whatever the brand master's message is or the worship master's messages or the deputy or whatever, whatever they're, whenever they're talking say, see, this is how it ties into membership experience or technology or philanthropy. And so bringing, I'm really have been happy to see the um, uprising, if you will, of the six supports and that involvement in, in the Grand Lodge and XCOM level. It seemed to have just, we put it all together and then it just went poof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, 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 it, it's, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, we, we have so many tools in our toolbox that are just underutilized that it's, and, and we keep asking the same questions, questions that have already been asked and, and things have been put together to address, you know, and it's like, oh, wait, what's this, what's this sex support document, right? And it's like, okay, this is touching on everything that, that I kind of hold close to the vest. And, and like I said, and like you just said, not that you address each one of them, you know, specifically, but if a lodge can identify, and, and this is something that I know uh, Chris Haynes has talked about, uh, is is a, a process of uh, helping lodges die with dignity, if you will, right? Um, and, and to say, maybe we get some brothers that can meet with some of the lodges that are struggling to help them ask the hard questions. And after you've asked those hard questions, look at the six supports and, okay, what out of these six supports could we do that might help us address some of these? And then implement one or two of them for that year or the next two years or three years. And, you know, you have to set benchmarks. You're not going to get from A to Z by, by just saying, we're going to be at Z next year. It has to be realistic. You know, maybe you're just going to get from A to D. Exactly. If you just, if you just did one every year, it's an automatic rolling six year long range plan. Yeah. Yeah. And, And there are things like, you know, uh, free apps out there like wave apps that you can do the automated billing, but then the guys complain, Oh, now we got to cover credit card charges. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you can do the quarterly payments, you can do the monthly payments. Um, you know, but for hey, for those guys who are not uh, making their dues on time, you know, that's a problem. So, you know, if if they need it to be easier, it can be done easier. It might cost them a few bucks, but you know, uh, pay for convenience. Well, I know, you know, there's, I don't know how prevalent it is today, you know, with the cost of business and stuff, but I know, like, let's take insurance, for example, Grand Lodge of Washington has an insurance program that lodges can, can utilize. And as a group, you're much stronger, you get a better deal, you get a better break on your price as a group. Um, if, If everybody could see their way to maybe considering using you know, that op- that option, you can certainly go on your own and get whatever insurance you want. 
And, and you, and honestly, you should go explore what insurance is out there because not, not everything is a, is a right fit for everybody. Right. And so I could see some circumstances where lodges might say, okay, you know, Grand Lodge insurance program is great, but it doesn't fit the needs that we have over here. Okay. But do something with that. Right. Um, rather than nothing. Uh, and, and I think that's the important thing. Maybe we could do the same thing with like a dues collection thing. If we, if we get it where enough people participate in that program, at least that's what I envision, the fee might not be as high or, or maybe there wouldn't be a fee per se if you had X number of people that were participating in it. But we won't know unless we, we shop around and look into it, um, you know, to be able to answer those questions. I know, you know, people use PayPal a lot. You know, and I, I use PayPal early on, but you start trying to collect any money for PayPal, you, you get fees that are associated with every transaction just about. And when I did my ties and coins this year, somebody, I think it was, I want to say it was most worshipful Jim Mendoza. He used Venmo um, and a couple of other bros used Venmo. And it's like, yeah, just, or, no, I take that back. He used Square during his year. Um, but again, I use Square. I set up an account. There's fees with that if you're not careful about how you use that. And so I didn't want brothers to pay fees on top of what they're paying. You know, I mean, if I'm selling a tie for 15 bucks, I don't want, I don't, or 30 bucks, I don't need you paying $35 because you're using the square. And so if, if Venmo was something that they could use, I, I told it, say, Hey, just Venmo me, you know, because there's no fee involved with that. Of course, now Venmo is catching on. And, and I've had a few people tell me, you know, Venmo is starting to, to, to look at, how much money people are taking in on that app. And then, you know, there's going to be tax implications. Well, certainly the government's going to get their piece. Um, but trying to find things out there, like you say, that, that, you know, is where you don't have the fees and you're just gouging everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, I think a struggle that'll never end. Unfortunately, short of us getting our own bank, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we could, we could, <laughs> Yeah, but that would really feed the conspiracy theorists then. <laughs> Let them have it. Well, you, you had mentioned earlier, switch gears a little bit here. You mentioned earlier that, you know, things uh, sometimes stay the same and we want to make good change and, and, uh, you know, we're happy to see about the six sports happening. And uh, we're going to, we're going to blame you just a little bit. If you, if you remember uh, last year, year when you were on the show, one of the last things you said in the third segment was that you had read this little document or this book called, uh, whither are we traveling by press grandmaster Davis uh, Smith. And, uh, so I had written that comment down. I didn't heard about that. So I went out and found that document and read through it. And I said, get brought it back to our podcast, a little humble podcast. And I said, guys, we got to do this. And so you may not have been following. I can't expect that you would, but, uh, we we'd gone through and done a deep dive over the last five months on that document. So we're just wrapping up, uh, this, this will probably air, this show will probably air just after we finish all 11 chapters of it. And so we've done a, basically a whole half a year on that document. Thanks to you and a little bit of a, a comment at the very end of the show. And so next uh, we're going to slide into observing the craft and we're going to really dive into that observing the craft book. Yeah. yeah. Now that, now that you have time, because you're, you know, you know, you're going to be, you know, retired out of that position, you might want to go back and listen. We, we did it interesting. We got Jared to do a pre-read of the documents and release that on the Wednesday before the show so that people could hear the content. So they get the context of our conversation. 
right? And then we talk about it on the on the weekend show, right? All, so, all your fault. And thanks for the tip off on that. All your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I did watch one of or two of the episodes on that. So I'm gonna have to go back and finish that though. Um, I didn't know you had went all the way through that. If you if you want another one that's kind of an interesting one, um, there's a book now that I'm reading. It's 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 a jurisprudence book, and it talks about the uh, the landmarks of Freemasonry, and it, and it really just goes through the history. It, it's it's annotated, um, but it, it, I can't remember if the book's by Mackey. Uh, I can I'll email the book to you the title. But I honestly, after I, I, I wished I'd have found that book when I got elected as junior grand warden, because I've told Clint and a couple, uh, I've told Steve, I said, you guys need to read this. I think, I think personally, this is a, a book that, that a grand master should read um, and, and have it on his bookshelf if he doesn't already. Um, and, and I think it covers some pretty profound things. We, we've been talking, it, it's kind of interesting. We had a little bit of conversation about uh, you know, well, Grand Lodge of Washington didn't adopt all of the landmarks. And it's like, well, I don't know. If you go through the ritual, I think you'll find that, that we kind of sort of did adopt most, if not all of the landmarks. Um, and, and so that brought me to, to suggesting that, you know, hey, maybe somebody needs to kind of do what uh, Art the Hoyo did with the uh, morals and dogma, right? Is to go through the landmarks and go through our ritual and just annotate all of the things that that touch on the, the landmarks of masonry, um, and and just to kind of just to kind of see how much of them actually do. And I think maybe that might change what people say. I think um, about the landmarks I, because I, what I've heard over the years is that well, we didn't adopt all of the landmarks. You know, it, the landmarks. You know, and it's like. I don't know. I, I don't know that I 100% agree with that. I mean, I know that all grand jurisdictions adopt most of the landmarks of Freemasonry, right? I think there's like, what, 25 landmarks. And to say that we don't, we don't, and, and that we never fully adopt, I, I just don't know that that's true. I don't know if they're referring to we've never, it's not part of our code. So the, therefore, we haven't adopted it. But I think what we forget is that. If you look at the ritual and everything through it, it touches on every one of those landmarks. And so it's always, it's always bugged me. We, we have a copy of the ancient landmarks at the back as a part of the ancient work. And we refer to the ancient landmarks in our, in our ritual. But as you said, it's not officially adopted. And I think, well, it's in there, but it's not in there. It's <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we hold our feet to the fire with it, but yeah. So, so that's going to be, if anything, to keep me busy, that, that's probably one thing that I'll have on my list of things to do is just to kind of go through that because now I'm I'm really curious, right? Is and to take the ritual and just go, okay, oh wait, this is this is landmark this and this and and this one touches this one here and this you know and I believe what I'm going to find is that we have adopted just about every landmark there is in our ritual when I was master the first time we were, I was trying to, I wanted to have education at every meeting and I was just, I had procrastinated, procrastinated what the list to do. And I, I and then I, it's the 11th hour. I'm trying to put my list together. And I think, what am I going to do? And of course, you know, a month later, you realize there's 4,000 topics you could discuss, but for some, I, had, I had somehow gotten connected with the landmarks. And so I was looking at those 
And I said, oh, we'll just break them up and we'll talk about three of them every month, basically. And and it worked out really well. We have, we have a, a process we call Shrink the Lodge where we get together on the level in the middle of the meeting and we talk about a topic. And I had, invite, I had posted our first meeting out on Facebook, said, hey, we're going to have our first meeting of the year. Please come out. And who shows up? But most worshipful Dean Heinemann. And I said, oh, most worshipful, it's so, you know, the Cheshire grin says, so nice to see you. And I said, I didn't know you were coming. He said, well, I had replied on Facebook that I was coming. And I said, oh, I'm just, thank you. And I I wasn't exactly sure how we were going to do the Shrink the Lodge thing. I would check the code and all this. And then uh, the landmarks, it was all kind of controversial. I had some ideas I was doing. And so we we did it anyway. But it was great because then he engaged and he said, when you get to number 14, invite me back. And we were all like, 14, 14. So if y'all don't know what 14 is, Landmark 14, go to Mackey's Landmarks and look it up. I'll let you bait. I'll bait that. You all can go look it up. It's interesting. So, you know, you know, another one that's interesting and I've been kind of, I've, I've been having fun by just kind of talking about it a little bit is the eighth landmark. And I was making, making a mason at, at site. Yeah. And, and people hear that and they go, that that's not possible. That that can't be done. And it's like, well, it's it's not done in the way you think it can be done. You need to go read up on it. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, but but it's but again, it's an interesting thing that that I don't think people give much thought to. And if you really look, at least in that annotated book, you know, one of probably many that are out there, and understand what is meant by it, then you can go, oh, okay, I can see that it happens. You know, and it's but it's not anywhere near what anybody would think, um, you know, where somebody, you just walk blindly up on somebody and, and I make you a Mason. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, Grant, most worshipful is uh, our, our clock is telling us we, we have eight and a half minutes left and, you know, we'd love to always uh, give you that last opportunity to uh, spread any message or, or say any thanks or do any, uh, uh, any commentary you'd like. You know, um, I, I think uh, as Grand Lodge is fast approaching, um, there's a lot been going through my mind, you know, as to what's happened during this year. Um, it's uh, This has been a very special experience for me. Um, I think the brothers that are part of this fraternity are very special, uh, and each one of them are, are have a very close place in my heart. Uh, I look forward to the work that they, that Steve and Jimmy and, and, uh, Roger are, are going to do and, and continue to do. I, I, I sincerely hope that, that the work that I've done this year has just extended the work of the previous grandmasters and will hopefully, um, keep the stage set, if you will, for the future grandmasters, uh, to build off of. And, and I think ultimately that's, that's what we all strive to do is to, is to keep the fraternity viable and make it stronger than it was uh, when we received it in our care. Um, and yeah, it's, this is, this is one of those things again, that uh, is, is going to be the highlight, I think of my life. Um, short ne next to, I'm going to not say short of, or more of, but next to, you know, meeting my lady and, and, and having, you know, the kids that I have and, and everything else that I've been able to do in my life. Um, yeah, this, this has been really special. And, and I just want to thank the brothers for, for all of your support and, and the love and kindness that you've extended during the year and, and ask that you, you know, continue to support the brothers that are coming up through the line. Um, Cause I think there's much more good work coming down the road. 
Well, with that, uh, on behalf of Stephen and myself, thank you, Grandmaster, for joining us this evening. And thank you for everything you've done over the many years and the future that you'll be hard working in the quarries, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, on behalf of the podcast, thanks. And please uh, like and subscribe to our show. And with that, thank you for joining us on the Working Tools Podcast. Good night. Thank you.